Okay, so I started recording. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to a long crime ago. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Welcome to a long crime ago. My name is Rebecca. And I am Sarah. Uh, We are super excited. This is going to be our debut episode. Um, I'm going to go today. uh, My person. Debut. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We like like true crime. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking about H.H. Holmes. I'm sure a lot of you already know about him. Uh, Netflix did a lot of stuff about him. Um, if you don't crack a book, come on. <laughs> uh, he's been my, I don't know if anyone wants to be like favorite serial killers, but he's been my favorite serial killer for a while now. And since this was our first episode, I wanted to talk about America's first known serial killer uh, before that was even a thing. Um, so let's start. Uh, he was actually not born H.H. Holmes. He was Herman Webster Mudgett, and he was born on May 16th. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Rewind. Mudgett? Mudgett. Uh, Herman Webster Mudgett. And I'm actually going to call him Mudgett pretty much the whole time. because it's, it's better. Because legally, his name was never H.H. Holmes. He didn't legally change it. He just used that as one yeah, of the many aliases he yep, had. We're calling him Mudgett. So, Mudgett... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> May 16th, 1861, Gilmanton, New Hampshire, to Letty Horton Mudgett and Theodate Page Price Mudgett. Uh, he had two older siblings, a brother named Arthur and sister named Ellen, and two younger siblings, a brother named Henry and sister named Mary. Uh, he came from an affluent family of devout Methodist farmers, though his father was known to work as a trader and a house painter as well. Um, his father could have been in a, could have been an abusive al- alcoholic. See, here's the are thing. They, he could they, have I'm been. Sure, They're not sure because some people said that he that he had a good upbringing and then other people said that he was abusive. So that's why I put could have been an abusive alcoholic who locked his kids up in the attic for misbehaving. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> could have. Right. Uh, could have. I just locked my kids up in the attic. No also Herman. Look, Herman. Yeah. <laughs> Herman. He could oh, have yeah, also he was abusive. <laughs> he may have also... Trapped, oh. tortured, dissected animals, but there's no proof of what? this. There's no proof of this either. Uh, that's the problem. <laughs> it's all hearsay. Interesting. And then some even suggest he may have been involved with the death of a childhood playmate who died from a fall where they were playing alone in an abandoned building. A lot of these could-haves seem like he was I that looked, kind of guy. I looked everywhere. And it was Herman wasn't nice. Herman... Herman was yeah, a character. No wonder Midget turned out this way. <laughs> was it? Oh, sorry. Mudget. 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 No uh, wonder. No kidding. Uh, so, so he attended Gilmanton Academy and was considered an odd but unusually intelligent boy. As they are. And mm-hmm. I couldn't find why, but he had a fear of the doctor's office. Couldn't find why. He had to pass it every day on the way to and from school, and somehow some schoolmate bullies found out about it, Aww. dragged him into the office. Poor Herman. <laughs> Oh. Uh, and for Wait, some reason, yeah, what? yeah he, they dragged him in the office, which was unlocked for some reason. Uh, forced him to stand face to face with a human skeleton, oh. uh, and then some people say he they even forced his hands, the skeleton's hands, onto Holmes's face. Oh. So baby Herman was not doing good. Uh, Kids are mean, but let's be real, he's mean. He later. eventually becomes later. Mean. Yeah. So for now, we can say ah. Uh, Poor like, baby oh, Herman. Poor, guy. Be like, poor, baby, baby. poor baby Herman. Pretty crazy. So uh, initially, though, he was terrified, but then found the whole experience fascinating, and later, later, okay, credited to helping cure his fears and instilling in him a fascination with death. So thank uh-huh. you, thank you, uh, bullies. Right, <laughs> thank you, boys. I guess. <laughs> so he graduated from Phillips Exeter Academy at sixteen. 
one of the oldest secondary schools in the United States. And that was fact. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and took to teaching in Gilmanton and Alton. Alton, Alton, Alton. Alton. I, I'll say Alton. say Alton. We're going to say Alton. It's Sorry an, if it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's an Alton. Please let us know. It's an Alton where he meets his first wife, Clara Lovering. And after a year of courtship, they elope on July 4th, 1878. Oh, that doesn't happen anymore. Courtship. Good Lord. Yeah, it might. Not, you know what? Move along. Okay, so they had, <laughs> together they had a son. Robert Lovering Mudgett in 1880 in the city of Loudoun. Uh, Clara lived with his parents while he lived in Concord, making as a, uh, working as a grocery store clerk after tying up his teaching job. Mm. And then he enrolled in the University of Vermont's medical program in Burlington at 18, but he would later transfer to the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery in 1882. So this is where he's going to get all his medical knowledge. Wow. Um, during his time in Michigan, he would steal and mutilate cadavers from the school and then use Ugh. them to make... Used them to make false insurance claims, saying they were victims of accidents. And this is going to be a theme later on with his insurance claims. That was his that was his shtick. Ooh. And then after he graduated in 1884, he started working various jobs. Um, he was hired as a grade school principal in Moore's Forks, New York. Moore's Moore's Forks. That looks yeah. that looks good. That's right. But would leave town <laughs> after a boy who was last seen. In his company went missing, and nothing came out of this. Stop. So they just <laughs> dropped it. They were like, nope, like he's uh, gone. Yeah, so. He was a principal. A school principal. And then after that... Well, uh, yeah, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right. He ended up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He moved for, around a lot. He, he actually moved everywhere. Yeah. Uh, worked for a few days as a keeper at Norriston State Hospital, but quit, then began work at a local drugstore. And then, while there, a boy died taking medicine he bought at that drugstore. Oh. <laughs> uh, Mudgett denied any involvement again, and once again, he left. Because that's not <laughs> suspicious. Nothing came out of it. <clears throat> and then, in 1885, Mudgett found himself in Chicago, Illinois, and started going by Henry Howard Holmes. There it is. Uh, likely to avoid being caught for his previous scams. So, all that stuff that he was doing beforehand, make a new name, buy Mudgett. Sure. Um, so while he was while he was still married to Clara, whom he had long since abandoned along with his son, he married Myrna Belknap in 1887 and had a daughter named Lu- Lucy Theodate Holmes with her. And then he eventually tossed her to the side as well. And then oh. <laughs> he later married again in 1894 to a third wife, Georgiana Yoke, shortly before his arrest. So wait, wait, wait. So he hasn't gotten, like, he's still technically married to these other women as yeah, well. Yeah, he has three wives. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. He's a good guy this much. Yeah, he's Herman. <laughs> right? Um, so, uh, weird thing, though. Uh, he didn't kill any of them. So this... That is kind of interesting. <laughs> I was like, the guess, guess the safest you I can mean, I guess I mean, I guess they got lucky, you could say. So if you marry him, you're good. Like, yeah. he's not going to take you. Okay. Uh, he you worked... lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> he's a steal. Right. People actually thought he was extremely charming. Like, he had the, well, the mustache. I mean, and... come on. That's like the, the thing, the shtick with serial killers. Like, they're charming. They can do the, they can work their way into your... I don't know. Have you seen Jeffrey Dahmer? I mean... <laughs> John Wayne Gacy. They... Come on. People, someone liked him. Someone oh, liked him. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he did come get on. married. Yeah. Shoot. Okay. All right. Moving on. Mm-hmm. He worked as a clerk. Mm-hmm. Again, the clerk at a drugstore located on the northwest corner, northwest corner of South, <laughs> corner of South Wallace Avenue and West 63rd Street in Englewood 
I was specific about this. I was going to say that's very specific. I was very specific because this is where he's going. Uh, He eventually bought out or swindled the proprietress Elizabeth S. Holton out of this building. And it's important because we're going to talk about that in a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's important. I was like, wow, that was very specific. (laughs) It was very specific because I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay, so in 1887, uh, Holmes bought the empty lot on the opposite corner of the pharmacy that he bought out and began construction of a three-story building with a basement that would be, according to him, used for apartments and shops. Mm. During the construction of this large structure, Holmes would repeatedly, I'm calling him Holmes, I meant to say Mudget, Herman, Herman, <laughs> Herman would repeatedly hire and fire multiple builders and architect, architects, architecticals, yeah. to both not have to pay them, and so that he was the only one who knew the layout of the building, which I thought was freaking genius. That That's pretty, why it was one of my favorite, because I'm like, you got to be kidding pretty me. That's genius. Genius. So then once it was completed, the castle, as it became known to the locals, stretched more than a block and had more than 100 rooms. Its, its first floor was separated into multiple storefronts, including a drugstore that Holmes ran, because <laughs> his track record with drugstores, right. you're going to lose a couple more kids. Right. Dang. <clears throat> and on the fo- uh, third floor consisted of apartments and rooms he planned to use as a hotel. And so then... It's what is located on the second floor and the basement that gives the castle its infamous moniker, the Murder Castle. There were soundproofed rooms. No. Gas lines that led into the rooms in order to asphyxiate guests. No. Mazes of hallways and stairs that led to nowhere. Trap doors, peepholes, flamethrowers embedded in walls. (gasps) Was this in the 1800s? (laughs) (laughs) A stretching rack. Doorways leading to brick walls, doors that could only be opened from the basement, uh, sorry, from the outside, and rooms outfitted with chutes that would drop straight to the basement. <coughs> so all those like trap doors and rooms that led to nowhere reminded me of the uh, the Winchester Mansion. That that's exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. I was like, this sounds Winchester Mansiony kind of. Except you know, <laughs> I don't think Sarah Winchester murdered anyone personally. No, she was too scared of everyone else, all the ghosties. You know, maybe we'll talk about her. I know. Yeah, I, I was to... just gonna say okay. dibs, dibs. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> Dang it, I liked it. Okay, please do because that's a really cool one. It's okay. a good one. Okay, um, one room was lined with gas fixtures where Holmes would seal the victims in, Ugh. flip a switch to release the fumes, and watch as his victims suffocated. Ugh. He would then send them down a chute to the basement. That's so yucky. All of the doors had alarms on them that would notify Holmes in his bedroom with a little buzzer if a guest stepped into the hall or headed downstairs. So he was keeping tabs Dang. on them. It was like the equivalent to uh, videos everywhere that we have nowadays. They just have cams everywhere. Right. Put a bell on the door. He'll figure uh, it 1800s, out. 1800s, you had to get creative, <laughs> you know? And keep in mind, though, that some of these descriptions may have been greatly exaggerated or fabricated entirely by the newspapers of that time. Because you got to sell stories, so of course. a lot of it they weren't really sure. Well, I'm sure they were like, this is great. Let's go off of this. Yeah. So go. for the most part, that's what I had. Like, a lot of this is from the newspapers, and they could have exaggerated. Okay. okay. So, but let's go off like that's what let's, was really that there. Was real. Let's pretend that all this was actually <laughs> real. So the basement is where Holmes had options in disposing the bodies. Sometimes he would dissect the bodies, strip the flesh, and sell the human skeletons as models to medical no. schools. There was also a large kiln where he would cremate the bodies or dissolve them in either vats of acids or uh, yeah, acids <laughs> or pits of quick lime. <clears throat> the acid. Sorry, not that kind of acid. Shakespeare. Uh, the building was completed just in time for the World's Columbian Exposition of 1893, where he invited people who come from all over to stay in the hotel. Because the people around him weren't enough. No. 
No. <laughs> I mean, he pretty much had this, like, from, he was going to do this from the start, which, again, freaking smart. Tons of people. because right, they come all, all over, over the, the world, world, and then, like, no, oh, I guess they got lost in their travels. Like, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. It's genius, and I, yeah. I hate him and love him for it. It's terrible. Okay. It's believed that more than 200 people, that was my chair, sorry, yeah, no, that's good. met their demise in the murder castle, but there's... 200? 200! But there's no way to know for certain just how many were killed at the hands of Holmes. Wow. Yeah. We don't know. And again, that could have been an exaggeration from the uh, papers as well. But st- well, when you think about I mean, I think castle, like, I that think seems pretty accurate. Like, you could do a lot of stuff Highly plausible that that, yeah. that could have happened. Absolutely. An, an article written in the Chicago Tribune in 1937 had this to say about the murder castle. Oh, what a queer house it was in all America. There was none other like it. Its chimneys stuck out where chimneys should never stick out. Its stairways ended nowhere in particular. Winding passages brought the uninitiated with a frightful jerk back to where they had started from. There were rooms that had no doors. There were doors that had no rooms. A mysterious house it was indeed. A crooked house. A reflex of the builder's own distorted mind. In that house occurred dark and eerie deeds. Ugh. And that was in 1937. And the reason why it was so late is because the castle was still technically Standing. up in 37. Dang. And they actually used to do tours in it so people could go and look around. <laughs> Things <So>. haven't changed. <laughs> no. I wish it was still around because 100%. I, I would, would 100% buy a ticket and go. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Uh, one of his believed early victims was his mistress, Julia Smythe. Bummer. She should have been the wife. Well, she was a wife of Ned Connor, who lived oh. in the apartments homes built. Bummer. Yeah, and who worked at the pharmacy's jewelry. Uh, Connor later quit his job and left Smythe and her daughter Pearl behind after learning of her infidelity. Ooh. So that's fair. Ooh. Uh, Julia and her daughter disappeared on Christmas Eve in 1892, with Holmes claiming Julia died during an abortion. Nothing was ever confirmed as to what happened to the pair, though. It is said that Holmes overdosed Smythe with chloroform, then poisoned and butchered Pearl. Oh. I know. Uh, another woman named Emmeline Sigrand began working for Holmes in May of 1892 and disappeared that December. So oh, he's a busy man bummer. that December. Yeah, he uh, was. That same December? Same December, 1892. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, wow. A woman named Minnie Williams, she was a railroad heiress, met Holmes, who was using the name Henry Gordon, while he was on a business trip in Boston, Massachusetts, and began a romantic relationship with him. Uh, he returned to Chicago, but kept in contact with Williams, periodically sending her love letters. Uh, in February of 1893, Minnie moved to Chicago to work for Holmes as a stenographer, something he had a lot of women working for him do. Mm. Uh, he somehow persuaded her to sign over the deed to her property in Fort Worth, Texas, to one of Holmes' many aliases, Alexander Bond. Uh, and then, Minnie invited her sister, Anna, known as Annie, to spend the summer in Chicago with them. No. I know. No. And visit the World's Fair. That's why she got her there. Unfortunately for both Annie and Minnie, they wouldn't survive their stay in the hotel. Annie was suffocated in a vault while Minnie was poisoned. I know. Um, As if murder wasn't enough, Holmes would still be operating insurance scams on the side. So when he, he had a side <laughs> hustle from his murdering? Oh my god. The man's gotta make his money somehow. Oh, good lord. <laughs> okay. Uh, in, yeah. In 1893, Holmes was arrested for insurance fraud after a suspicious fire broke out in his house. But he was shortly thereafter released and left Chicago, making his way to Fort Worth, Texas. There you go. You know, the same town where Minnie had signed over her property she had inherited from her late uncle. Ooh, <laughs> there it is. 
Well, he had plans to create another castle, but luckily that never came to fruition, thank God. Oh, wow. So while he's in jail in St. Louis, Missouri in 1894, Holmes told his cellmate, convicted train robber and Wild West outlaw, Marion Hedgepeth, who also has a pretty interesting story, so I kind of want to talk about him later. Okay, okay. Maybe. It's pretty short. Uh, He told him of his insurance fraud scheme in which he would fake his own death and collect the insurance money. And then in exchange for 500 bucks, Hedgepeth would give Holmes the name of a trusted lawyer who would assist them in the plan. Uh, The endeavor failed. However, when insurance companies became suspicious and refused to pay, surprise, surprise, he didn't pay Hedgepeth either. Uh, Well, I mean. (laughs) So then the final insurance scheme he conducts is with his longtime associate and business partner, Benjamin Peitzel. So it's unclear whether or not Peitzel knew of his friend's murderous escapades, but he and Holmes were involved in numerous money-making scams. So the plan was to have Peitzel pretend to be an inventor and fake his death in a lab accident and collect the $10,000 of life insurance money in a fake patent office Peitzel had opened up in Philadelphia. Instead, Holmes killed him for real by... He was just like, <laughs> sucker. Like, I'm going to run a job in a job. See, I'm not job. sure why he did it for real. Because Peitzel's wife knew about the plan. So I'm not really oh, sure dummy. why he did it. So he sedates Peitzel with chloroform sets, and set him on fire, still alive, oh, with benzene. Dang. Uh, later in the trial, however, forensic evidence shows that the chloroform was administered after Peitzel's death. So it's presumed that Holmes did this to fake Peitzel's suicide should be charged with murder. But I'm like, how did he burn him on so... I'm not really sure how he got him on fire without the chloroform. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Peitzel's wife, Carrie Peitzel, was aware of the plan. And then uh, she didn't know that he actually killed him. So she really did think it was like an accident. Oh, yeah. She thought it was just a fraud. Like, she was totally in on the plan, but he actually did it. So then when Holmes met up with Carrie, he told her that her husband was alive and well, but was hiding. Uh, Ugh. He then convinced Carrie to allow him custody of three of the children that they had together, that Carrie and uh, Benjamin had. I don't know how. That doesn't make any sense. There was Alice, who was 14, Nellie, who was 10, and Howard, who was 8, uh, where he, he then took them and traveled across the northern United States and into Canada. And then I believe what it was was Alice was aware of her father's death, so he wanted Holmes, uh, he, Holmes wanted to keep her away from Carrie. Uh, Because Alice was the one who identified her father's body so that Holmes could get the insurance money. Interesting. And then the other ones were two two of the older ones. And I think the younger ones were like an infant and like a one or two year old. So they weren't a problem. So he didn't take those two. Just randomly give your kids. Like, that's so I don't, weird. Well, I don't know why she trusted him so much. Yeah. And I don't know why, what he told her to be like, How hey, let have... me just take those kids for oh. a trip. I don't know what he told her. Interesting. Anyway, so he would have the kid, like, the, he would allow the kids to write letters to their mom, but never actually sent them. Ugh. Yeah. And then uh, Alice and Nellie were killed at a house Holmes rented in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, they were believed to have been suffocated by gas inside of a trunk. Uh, he then buried their bodies in the basement of the rental house. He had also cut off Nellie's feet, which was theorized that Holmes did this to make it difficult to identify the bodies since Nellie had a club foot. So, oh my, you can't see my face, but I just, wow. I, my God. I, see, this That's is when I, so sad. I said he was my favorite, but then once, like, you get into this and he starts, it's, right, I'm not it's saying like, that killing adults sicko. is a good idea, but. 
killing you know, kids. Once you start killing kids, yeah. you're like, you Once son he starts of killing a... kids, like, what he yeah. did was not good, but when he started doing kids and being really poopy. <laughs> Just yucky. I wasn't, I mean, he was always poop. He was always a poop. I'm not yeah. saying that he was a good guy. He was yeah, a poop. He was never a good guy. Let's but be this, real. He started kind of like trailing off to what I was. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, Howard was l- killed later. He was killed in Irvington with cyanide potassium. Oh my God. That uh, Holmes had purchased from a local pharmacy there, and then he butchered the corpse, removed the teeth, oh. burned the body, and then placed it in the cellar chimney of the cottage that Holmes had rented. And then, Jeez. Um, while he was fleeing across the country, the authorities were hot on his trail after suspicions of insurance fraud came to light by Hedgepath. You know that guy? <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Someone he thought was just chatting up, and he's yeah. like, you son of a bitch. You remember that guy? He's, he stitched on uh, yeah, Holmes. Yeah, you remember that guy? <laughs> because Holmes didn't give him his money. So Dang. He, so, he, so he sold him out. Right, all right. I'm going to sell you out, bro. You're going to come back to jail with me. So then Boston police inspectors and the Pinkerton Detective Agency, which I really want to talk about them too. There's a lot of people I want to talk about. Anyway, Pinkerton Detective Agency mm. apprehended Holmes in 1894 on an outstanding warrant for horse theft. What? He had committed uh, back Right, 1800s, 1800s, I gotta remember that. Right, right, right. He committed back in Fort Worth, Texas, yeah, which is a big deal in Texas. Like, you can hang for this. Uh, in the South, sa- are you kidding? Of course, you yeah. can't steal somebody's horse. No, it's livelihood. So that's what they were getting him on. They got him for the warrant for a horse theft. Wow. So he was extradited back to Philly because Holmes didn't want to be in Texas. He's like, no, take me to Philly because he knows what they would do in Texas. Uh, they extradited to Philly where Detective Frank Geyer was tasked with investigating him, which, uh, I say him. It was investigating him, so him meaning Holmes, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. led to him discovering the bodies of the missing Peitzel children. Mm. On discovering the bodies of the girls who were laying side by side in their makeshift grave, Geyer had this to say. The deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor became. And when we reached the depth of three feet, we discovered what appeared to be the bones of the forearm of a human being. Mm. I know. It was after the discovery of the children in 1895 that Holmes' murder castle was investigated by the Chicago police. And there they found in the basement skeletal remains, human hair, dried blood on discard, oh. on discarded and, sorry, dried blood on discarded. I think I meant to say weapons, oh. discarded weapons, mm-hmm. and a dissection table. Wow. <laughs> God. So even though he was thought to have committed numerous murders, he was only tried for the murder of Benjamin Peitzel. Stop. Yeah, I know. It began on, his trial began on October 28th in 1895, where he fired Stop his it, attorneys. that's what got him? <laughs> yes, yes. Just one? Well, I mean, technically what got him was horse theft. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh my. They just thought they would put that in there. They put like, that well, in there to you, hold him. You stealer, but we also got yeah, you on they this. got him for the warrant, they got him on the warrant for the horse theft, but that's what they <sighs> just wanted to hold him so that they could do more uh, investigating on this stuff. I mean, so they knew for sure that he did Peitzel. Right. So then when he, the trial began October eighteen October 28th, 1895, he fired his attorneys, then brought them back, but pretty much represented himself near the end of the proceedings, never called any defense witnesses, and claimed that Peitzel's death was a suicide. Wow. Yeah. No wow. one bought it. No. Well, of course. Like, if you're no. not going to call anybody, like... He's like, I didn't do it. He did it. Right. I didn't do it. No one yeah, bought it. No yeah, one. you did. You're like, no, you're lying through your teeth. You're uh, liar. The liar. You're liar. You're lying. We're, we're in Boston. <laughs> I know. Oh, sorry. We're Philly. Philly? Sorry, sorry. I don't know Philly. I'm sorry, guys. 
the jury supposedly reached a decision immediately, but waited for a bit to make it seem like they had decided. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! They're like, here, yeah, we just gotta hang yeah, out yeah, in yeah. here for. You want a coffee? How's the uh, wife? What about a donut? <laughs> I guess a yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> I know that's insane. I laughed. Um, I would have walked right out. Guilty. Oh. Well, they they debated like, oh, my mom. Oh yeah, guilty. By the way, oh yeah, guilty. Uh, he was sentenced to death. Whoa! You Shocker. stole our horses and... Well, good. I mean, he needed to be gone. Cause... Yeah, so he was sentenced to death. Um, during his prison time... Hello? Oh, hey. They were doing so well. They were really doing well. During his prison time, Holmes sold, sold his story to the Hearst newspapers in exchange for his confessions. Uh, he, he claimed he killed 27 people, uh, but the stories he gave were very questionable since he changed the amount of people he had killed each time and several of the victims he supposedly murdered were alive and well. <gasps> what a dummy. I'm not sure what he thought. What a dummy. Uh, he also said he was driven to murder because he was possessed by the devil. Oh, Claim- he needs to stop. <laughs> Claiming, oh. I was born with the devil in me. No, I, you weren't. I could not yes, help the... <laughs> <laughs> Are you the jury? <laughs> yeah, guilty. I cannot help the fact that I was a murderer no more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. Oh, drama. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world, and he has been with me since. And he has been with me since. <laughs> Listen here. Shut up! <laughs> and he has been with me since. <laughs> and see. And next. Okay. On May 7th, on May 7th, on May 7th, 1896. This is important. This date's important. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. On May 7th, 1896, Holmes was hanged at Moya Mensing World, which is a prison. Okay. I know, Moya Mensing World. Okay. The drop, this is my favorite freaking part. The drop from the scaffold did not break his neck like it was supposed to, and he dangled for over 15 minutes. Dang. He, yeah. The little suffering compared to what he did to all the people. Yeah. That he, he was twitching and slowly suffocated uh, to death. Ironic. I know. By the rope which held his body aloft, he was 34 years old. Wow. Prior to his death, Holmes had requested his casket be covered in cement and buried 10 feet underground. He doesn't get a request, bro. You're going to be burned. Well, the crappy part is, is I feel like murderers, or at least, I mean, they have looking, more rights. Look like, at, oh. So, you know. They're like, oh, I don't want this. Well, fine, since you're still alive, you get what you want. So he had requested his casket be covered in cement and buried 10 feet underground in order to avoid grave robbers because he would know. Right, because people want to, yeah. And then here's a fun little fact. Uh, In 2017, Holmes was exhumed for DNA testing following... No. Excuse you. That was me. Excuse you. Sorry. Sister. Sorry. We're recording. I'm sorry, go. Redo, redo, redo. Uh, Rewind. (laughs) So weirdly, strangely enough, weird, in 2017, Holmes was exhumed for DNA testing. Was he not buried the 10 feet like he asked? Well, I mean, he was. Oh. They pulled him out? Well, 10 feet is not. Okay, sorry. Continue. I'm very shooketh. They pulled him out because there were suspicions that he had escaped his execution. Stop it. (laughs) But uh, due to his coffin being encased in cement, he hadn't decomposed normally, oh. so his clothes were in good condition, <gasps> and his mustache no! was still intact. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Wow. Yeah, he was identified using his teeth, then reburied. So they just wanted to make sure, like, just yeah, to it, be sure. It, it was him. It was him. Oh, wow. They saw that stash and were like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that son of a, he's, that's him. <laughs> I'd recognize that anywhere. I'd recognize that stash anywhere. Uh, as for the murder castle, it is unfortunately no longer standing today. It was gutted by a mysterious fire in 1895, renovated, then it was torn down in 1938, and a post office now sits in an area where... Oh, yeah, yeah. that place is haunted. Well, it's... It sits in an area once occupied by one of the most notorious buildings ever to exist in the United States. But it's not right on it. It's like slightly over. Slightly over so they didn't bury on top of all the... Yes, yeah. You can it's actually haunted. like go on... If you go on Google and look up the murder castle, there's some... There's a website that I found that actually showed the layout of where the castle was in comparison to where the post or office the post is office today. Is so you can still... Use this post office. It's yeah, still open I mean, today. that would have been bad juju. Like, let's not build that well, on top of it. Supposedly, the... it is kind of haunted. Like, if you go again, if you Absolutely check. Absolutely, that too place much is into the haunted stuff because that's not what we're here for. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, but maybe I, once in a while, maybe later. I might talk. You know, yeah. I will talk about haunted later. I'll talk yeah. about haunted later. But yeah, yeah, like people still like get strange feelings in it, and they just Ooh. don't like it. Well, a lot of bad stuff happened. A lot, like, of, bad a lot of bad stuff. So yeah, out of all the. Supposed murders who got crime for one in that just one, one. that blows my mind. I feel like I'm it, I'm oh. glad they were like to to death. You're like oh, phew, thank God. It's a good thing, and it was quick too, because like he was when his his trial was what? Because that jury they were like <laughs> we just got to sit in your. Yeah, his trial was in October of 1895, and then he was hanged on in May of 1896. So oh. it took less than a year. Oh wow! Swift justice. Right, right. So one thing that I may like that I like about the 1800s, Swift Justice, except when it's actually you know the person who did it. Yeah. Because I don't like the wrongfully convicted hangings. It's and, so, uh, it's always the worst. One of mine is gonna be about a wrongfully. Oh no. I'm really. I don't. Uh, oh no. I know that one makes me really sad. But we'll talk yeah. about that later. So yeah, that that was a story of H. H. Holmes. Mudget. <laughs> Was it? Did I get well, it right? I was gonna, yeah, it's Mudget. Mudget! AJ Holmes, or you know, Herman Webster. Webster. Mudget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, look at that stash. Is he yeah. charming? <laughs> yeah, what a, what a charmer. That bowler hat, though. Yeah. Hey. Mm. Dang. Anyway. So, wow, that was. What'd you think? That was great. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. that was real great. I learned lots of fun facts. I hope you guys did too. Uh, there's yeah. tons of documentaries to watch on this guy. Lots of stuff to say. Tons of books to look at. Um, if you want to let us know how we did, I would truly appreciate it. Right. <laughs> truly appreciate it. Yeah. But like constructive, you know? Be constructive about I it. I like constructive criticism. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, we have... Oh, hello. Uh, hello, dog. baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can um, you can follow yeah, us. I mean, uh, we're just getting our... started. Yeah, we're just getting started. We're brand new. Uh, we have a Twitter page. We have... Uh, Instagram page. We have a Facebook page you can like. We even have an email. If you just go to our email, uh, it's a long crime ago at gmail.com. Uh, look us up on Facebook, our Instagram at a long crime ago, mm-hmm. our Twitter, a long crime ago. It's all that fun stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you next time. Thank you. See you next time on a long crime ago. <laughs>